Hey, my beauties. Enjoying this podcast? Head over to the Anchor app and leave us a voicemail and tell us how you really feel, as well as any ideas you have for future episodes. Would you like to leave a review? Head on over to our other platforms. You can reach us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Ordinary women doing extraordinary things is just what we do. Alchemy Chic family, it is Rachel Swire back again with one of our Alchemy Chic influencers of the day. This particular lady, I have been racking my brain with trying to figure out actually how to introduce her because, quite frankly, I don't remember actually meeting her. Um, it's it, not in a bad way. It's just that when I first met this woman, there was an automatic connection of somebody that I've known for a very long time. Uh, there wasn't that awkward introduction phase. Which, when you have a connection with somebody like that, is very unique. And I definitely never take it for granted. And I do rely on her. She is, you know, when they have the the term iron sharpens iron, she is one of the people that keeps me on my toes in the beauty industry uh, because she's always so driven to keep learning and expanding and just wanting to learn more about her craft. So she kind of keeps me on my toes all the time. And also another one of my prayer warriors in my life, if ever I need any kind of help um, spiritually, I know that I can call her and she will always reveal truth to me. And she would always have a way to uh, kind of uplift me in that way. And so she's one of my people that I know no matter how much time has passed, I know that I can call her <laughs> and there will always be that um, that spiritual sisterhood that I could rely on to kind of keep me on my toes and get me together real quick. So uh, she is a mom. She is a (laughs) wife. She is a business owner. She is, um, uh, she makes products um, that we will talk about a little bit later, but welcome to our Alchemy Chic family, Miss Talina Smith. How are you, my dear? I am doing great. Thank you for the amazing introduction. (laughs) Exactly the same about you, though. So that was right head on. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything that I missed out um, with any credentials or anything you would like, any additional information that you'd like to share? No, not at all. Just glad for the invite and um, any want to support you in every single way possible. So, no, I'm just happy. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, so I know for me, um, getting involved in the beauty industry, uh, I know I know very few people where it was just something they kind of stumbled upon, where it was more of a calling. Um, if there's a way that I could say that it, it felt more like a pull to the industry. And so as a creative, because I I think you're more artistic than me because you do the makeup side along with hair. Um, Along as a creative, when did you know that the beauty industry would be your profession? Oh, wow. Um, When I was on my um, first makeup job right after high school, um, it was a lady um, named Monica that believed in me. And I went into the store at the time. It was called Hudson's, which is now Macy's, but it used to be called Hudson's. Mm-hmm. And I went into the makeup store with my grandmother and I walked past a floor Roberts counter and um, Monica approached me because she worked there and she was an older lady. And she said, your makeup is so pretty. And I said, really? Thank you. And she said, are you 
looking for a job and literally she <laughs> offered me a job within a couple weeks later I started working there as her freelance makeup artist for Flora Roberts um, and then that grew on it was something that I absolutely loved but Monica believed something in me that I didn't even see within myself honestly so that's where it began so when when did hair become introduced because I know I know makeup is your first love but you are also really really great with hair um, so when did that become into play? Hair became into play. I went to cosmetology school right after um, high school because at that time you had to have a cosmetology nice license to do any type of makeup. Mm. So um, I went there just to be a makeup artist. Um, years later, I ended up working with photographers doing makeup for photo shoots and some of the hairstylists would never show up. And I would just dive in and say, oh, I can do it. It's not a problem. And after so many of sessions and a couple years of working with different photographers, they would always say, why don't you do both? And I would be like, no, why would I want to do both? And somebody told me that it's a it's a it's a great industry to do both. And why not do both? It's a money income. And I'm saying no to blessings if I don't do both. And that's when I started diving in and end up loving hair, not as much as makeup, <laughs> but it's like it's like it's like really really close, but not as much as makeup. I kind of like seeing the, the whole package. It's almost like when you look at somebody's face, I can't help but think about their hair. If I look at their hair, I can't help but think about their face. So it's it it, it kind of goes thing. hand. Yeah. So yeah. was there a moment that you knew that your creative talents would lead you to entrepreneurship? Or was it, did you kind of stumble on that aspect of it? And did that scare you wanting to go into business for yourself? Or was it, because we are so similar, <laughs> was it kind of something you just moved first and thought about later? <laughs> you know me so well. It was, uh, I, I was living in Atlanta and I worked at uh, Van Michaels as an assistant. Every hairstylist, whether you had your license for years or not, you had to work at Van Michaels in Buckhead for a year. That was, that was how Van Michaels ran. You had to be an assistant for a year. Um, I did it for seven months and um, I kind of just did not like um, how the owner talked to the assistants. And even though I was there for seven months, I, I don't know, it was something about that particular day that that just made me say no more. And um, it wasn't that she did anything out of the out of out of normal because she always was like this mm -hmm. but this particular day I came in and she looked at um me and three other assistants and she said I'm gonna need y'all to get y'all get these towels together and it was the way she said that and um and I was like wait a minute how do you talk to somebody in that way without good morning without how are you guys doing or anything to that nature so I called my husband because he had dropped me off and I said babe can you pick me back up he said I just dropped you off at work I said right can you pick me back up I'm quitting <laughs> And literally, I went into her office and, and I quit. And I did not know what to do, but um, I just knew I had to do something. A little bit uh, right after that, about two weeks later, I worked at the Mac in Linux at this time also. And downstairs was a hair salon inside of the Macy's Linux. 
So I went downstairs and I asked, were they looking for any hairstylists? And they said, yes. I said, okay, great. I work at upstairs at the mat counter. I want to do both. And she said, okay, you can start off as a part-timer because we actually are in the need of hairstylists. So that was it. I started doing hair downstairs and then going straight upstairs to Mac or vice versa, depending on what the hours were. And then after about a year of doing makeup in that salon, I, I don't know. I did not want to work for anybody no more. The manager, <laughs> it, it was one of those things. The manager was, um, she was okay, but I, I just had that, that feeling. I did not want to. So my husband and I took Roswell back and there was something, a sign called Solar Salon Studios um, on Roswell. I went in, I asked for um, who was the owner. They gave me Mike's number. I came back. I called Mike. I made a meeting. My husband and I met with Mike and Mike asked me a question and said, if you're interested in a studio here, what would, how would you be able to pay it? How many clientele clients do you have? And I kind of just looked at him and said, I really don't have clientele. I don't have family here or anything. I probably have maybe less than 10 people that come to me. Mm-hmm. And Mike was so looking at me like, um, how do you expect to pay <laughs> this weekly amount? And I literally looked at Mike and said, if you say yes, I promise you, I will not have to ask you for, for free rent or, or not make rent. I just know that God will make a way. And if anything, this will push me to do what I have to do. So um, Mike actually looked at me and said, by you saying that you believe it can make it happen, I'm going to actually walk with you and, and believe that you can make it happen. So he was the very first person I can honestly say that um, gave me a chance. And I never skipped rent. I never missed rent. But I was I, that was the first time oh, that I was wow. into it. So yeah. so speaking of because, um, of course, that's that's where you and I met was was at that Sola. But mm-hmm. in terms of, cause I, I didn't know what your journey was up until this point, even listening now, I, I had no clue, <laughs> you know, what you had gone through to get to where, you know, you and I, our lives kind of <laughs> intersected, but I know that God is extremely important in your business and you run your business according to, you know, how God plans it for you. Um, but how did your faith grow and become challenged because of that the growth and challenge they come together in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it definitely uh, does. Uh, but how did that? How did your faith grow or develop or become stronger because of the hurdles that you had to go through in order to grow your clientele from nothing um, at that point, <laughs> knowing that you had a business to build? Wow, that um, <clears throat> that time looking back was extremely scary, and that's where God um, showed His faith really strong. And I got to be honest, um, there was many moments. A lot of people think that because you have faith and that you believe God will make sure you're taken care of, that people don't understand that because He's going to make sure you're taken care of, it doesn't mean you're not going to have the trials and the tribulations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I cried, I don't know how many times. I remember when my studio was decorated and um, I remember my next door neighbor and then the person across from me was always busy and I had nobody in that room. It was times where I would just be in that room with nobody. And here I am having this 200, I forgot how much it was a week. It was 250 or 260 or something like that a week. Um, Just just paying for, but it was a lot of moments of, 
of, of me seeing traffic from almost every stylist in that building and me not having anybody, maybe one once that week or maybe even two that week, maybe even none for a whole week. That went on for weeks and months <laughs> for, for a while. And it was a lot of tears. And because I'm such a private person, I don't let people see me break down or cry. I literally would just go to my car and I would cry it out. And then I would go back upstairs into the studio. So it was um a lot of moments of me just praying and talking to God, a lot of moments of me just calling my husband and, and asking for that encouragement of, did I make a wrong decision? And he would always say, no, you keep going, you keep pushing. And, um, and then finally, I think about after two months, I didn't know anybody in the building. I kind of was very quiet. I really was trying to get to know people, but not really because I wasn't busy. So I felt like people would judge the fact that I had nobody in the studio. So I really wasn't even making myself a person to, to, to connect with actually the first couple months. Um, but I would go to the Mac counter and it was a lady there named Ashley. And I'll never forget it. She got her makeup done and she asked me, did I do hair? And I told her, yes, I did. And she's Egyptian. And I said, I did. And she said, okay, well, I'm a, um, she had a very high position, position at a company. She's an executive. And she said, I would like to give you a try. And if you do my makeup the way you do my hair, then I would like to see you every week. Mm. And I said, every week. And she said, yes, because I don't want to do my hair. I have meetings to go to. I have to travel. I just want my hair and makeup done. And I said, okay. So I said, I have a studio. She said, you have a studio? And she thought it was like so exciting, even though I had nobody. (laughs) But she thought it was like big time. And and the reason that's important is because um, you need that. When you feeling low, somebody actually seeing something so beautiful in you and and, and a blessing that you don't even see as a blessing because mm-hmm. you're so worried about how much how you're going to pay it. That was big for me. So she came there. She only wanted dry styling, not even her hair wash. She would always wash it and blow dry it. And um, I would just have to curl it. She loved it. And then I did her makeup afterwards. And before you know it, I was Ashley's person every single Friday. And she would always tip me an extra $50 on top of the services because it was kind of like that mutual, um, as long as you're available for me every week. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's when I started gaining confidence. Like, whoa, okay. She, she, she's an executive. (laughs) She's paying me. She likes this. Okay. So then I went back to Mac and then I said, you know what? Let me ask a couple of the girls that work at Mac. Like, can I do your makeup for like $25? I'm sorry, not your makeup. Can I do your hair for like $25? And you guys just come to work and just rock different colors and cuts and kind of like be my models. And that way, when people come up to the counter, you guys already do beautiful makeup on yourselves. The hair will stand out also. And um, three of the ladies said yes. And they would just pay me $25, get whatever cut and color. I would just set different ideas and show them pictures and say, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's change it up. Let's change it up. Let's do this. And they actually grew my clientele. Nice. Nice. They're they're the ones that did all the Mac people was huge in support. Well, go see her. Go see her. She did it. She did it. She did it. And um, that built my confidence. I um, kept working at Mac and doing Sola for six months. And then after six months, that's when I just 
quit Mac after working at Mac for seven years. Nice. And see, yep. what, what I like about what you just shared and what I, the whole point of this podcast is the fact that, you know, you allowed yourself to feel those moments of, oh, crap, what am I what am I going to do? Like, you didn't, you didn't try to, like, run from it or or act like it wasn't happening. Like, you actually allowed yourself to feel those moments and be not okay because you don't feel okay in those moments because no, I'm... I'm I'm in that boat currently and I don't feel okay, but, right, right. but knowing that at some point everything will work out and being, um, kind of keeping that in your brain and, and, and allowing yourself along with your, your support system, which at the time was your husband to reinforce all of that. So thank you for sharing that vulnerability because a lot of the times people would just kind of skip, skip over that part. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Like that is essentially what all of this podcast is about is sharing yeah. <laughs> really wretched moments where you are like, I don't know what's happening in my life. Yeah, not those moments. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you also, you know, you you started to build your your clientele, um, which Guys, on on my end, outside looking in, I never saw any of this. I just saw someone who was extremely talented, creative, and had a clientele and a skill that I wish that I had in terms of doing makeup, absolutely killing it. So I never knew that this was what you were going through. So outside looking in, it was never, I never saw any part of of the struggle that you, that you mentioned, but I do know, you know, you build a very great clientele and then, um, you kind of decided that you, you, you as a family, I mean, you all were going to move back Mm -hmm. to Michigan. Mm -hmm. So after, after growing your, your clientele, was that, did you have a little bit of fear there where you're like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to start all over again. Or was it a little bit different because you, because you did it, you knew that you could do it again. What was that whole thought process? Like a little bit of everything that you said. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely a little bit of both. I mean, I, um, wow. Um, I, I did build my clientele in Atlanta, but it still wasn't where I wanted it. I, I, it was several people that told me they made six figures. I did not. I was not one of those. I, I had a good clientele and I was fortunate that my husband, um, you know, he was the main breadwinner. So that was the blessing. But um, I still didn't feel like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish um, there. So when I decided to move to Atlanta, it was it was more so I knew that I couldn't grow no more in Atlanta. Um, <clears throat> Atlanta is a, a great, great city. It's, it's not that at all. It's a phenomenal city of so many driven entrepreneurs. And that energy alone is something that I still miss being back in Michigan because I don't feel that here. But um, it was uh, once I had my son, I became very mother focused and I said no to things. So that that can I do your hair at seven o'clock at night. It was a no, because I wanted to be home with my son. Can I, can I stay later? No, I cannot stay later. So I knew I couldn't grow to the level I wanted to, because I didn't have family there. My husband traveled a lot. It was me. 
I wanted my son to see mommy and um, not just some sitter that's with him all day and and never see me. Um, I I didn't want that for him. So the decision mainly was really because of my son, honestly. Mm. And when I, when I did it, I didn't kind of what you just said. I didn't have the fear that I couldn't make it because I I thought to myself, if I'd done it in a city that I knew nobody at, then I for sure should do it in a city that I have family at. And even though family (laughs) isn't always your biggest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or supporters. Yeah. Yeah. That was another lesson to learn coming back. However, I I still felt like if I did it there, then I can I can for sure do it here. So um, um, that that is what drove me, drove me here. And I knew that I couldn't um, I didn't want to work for a salon even when I got here. I knew that also. I was like, okay, I worked for myself all these years. I'm not going (laughs) to not work for myself again. So when I got down here, I actually um, looked at a called Sola and found out that Sola was opening up in West Bloomfield in a few months. And I said, okay, great. So I stayed in contact with him and he said, you want to pick your um, room? It's still groundbreaking, but you will be able to go through um, and kind of get an idea where we're going with it. So when I made a trip here, it actually was still being built and it was a lot of, a lot of things around. However, they had the, the structure together and I was able to pick exactly what, room I wanted and then I flew back to Atlanta told everybody three months later that I was leaving and um and that was that but uh yeah it was exactly what you said if I did it there then I I I had no doubt that I couldn't do it here more from this episode in just a moment So after, because I know you you moved back, um, and there was a little glitch for me uh, because I, I was supposed to take seven days off of social ma- media, <laughs> and it ended up being eight months. Wow. <laughs> in that eight month time period, I came back and I saw that you had created your own makeup line, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I freaked out. Like it was me. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she did it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I was like, I thought that was like the coolest thing. Again, you just kind of always pushing me in some kind of way to keep growing and keep doing more. So what made you, after building a successful career, going through the changes, what made you want to bring that on now as an expansion of your business? To say, hey, you know, this is my this is my my first love in my creative professional life. I want to be able to really control what it is I want to see in terms of, you know, having your own makeup line. What made you want to go into that? Um, <clears throat> I'm working at Mac. Honestly, I worked for um, nine different cosmetic lines in my career and Mac was still my the, the best cosmetic line that I've ever worked with and I wanted my own display and and I've always wanted my own display that's been on my vision board probably in, in my early 20s and I'm 42 so I knew that that was something that I had to make happen but that's another thing that I actually walked on faith on because at that time and this is going to (laughs) sound another scary moment (laughs) I had this brilliant idea 
to start a cosmetic line. My husband was uh, doing great in his job. He was doing great in his job. And I said, okay, let me, um, let me start a cosmetic line. Let me look at some manufacturers. Let me uh, test out the, the, the product, see exactly which manufacturing company I want to go with. I went through several until I found the right one. I ended up signing papers with them, um, going to the, to the manufacturing itself, just to look at the pigments, the colors, the names, things of that nature, and then go into branding after that. Um, but the, it, it sounds all glitz and glam, but it wasn't because um, three months after I made that decision and my product was on its way, my husband lost his job. Mm. And he was the main provider. <laughs> And he's been working at that company for 20-something years. So that was a, a hard hit because here I am just signed papers for $10,000 and literally just got the phone call two weeks later and I could not take it back. And I, I, I went through that whole period of what? the heck did I do <laughs> like literally yeah. are you serious like it, it was it was extremely scary because it was it I, I didn't know what to do I, I had no clue what to do but I knew that both of us couldn't be down and one of us had to stay up and um I just prayed I just kept saying okay God you made me sign these papers <laughs> not that he literally made me sign the papers but um he 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 allowed me to sign the papers is what I should say. And because he allowed me to sign the papers, there's got to be something to this. And, um, and I, I just prayed and prayed and, and, and sold as much as I possibly can and, and tried to make, make way, but the pressure was very on and it was, it was hard. It was really hard. That, that was, a um, that was just last year. That was the very scary part of, of developing that line because a couple of weeks later he he lost his job. So that was the 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 time of the year that I think I had to test my faith the most or my faith was tested the most, I should say. Because that I had no idea what to do. So at in, all. in in terms of yeah, I know. Oh girl, I know. Current current situation. Um but <laughs> in terms of like, you know, you get hit with some news like that and as a family how did you all approach it? Did you guys like incessantly pray about it? Did you kind of, you know, pull yourself up by the britches and say, okay, this is just what we got to do? Or was it more so uh, you had stages of how you all dealt with it as a family? We, um, we pray a lot, um, more than usual, but we're, we're pretty much we're prayers in a family. We're one of those families that, um, it sounds crazy, but, um, my husband and I and Christian hold hands and pray all the time. Um, it, it was a lot of praying, but when you go through something like that, it was also the only time I've ever seen my husband that low. Mm. I have never seen him. It, it was, here was this man that was confident and strong, and all of a sudden felt like he was defeated. And I've never seen that before. We've never had financial um, problems in our marriage. And I know that that's a blessing, but we've never went through that. That's why I believe that so many times I would just jump out on things because I knew financially we were good. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> when I did this, it was like, 
whoa, Talena, did you go too far? Because <laughs> I have a habit of jumping. I just jump when I when I have an idea. I just say, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And um, so we prayed a lot. We went to church a lot. It was a lot of Bible study. It was a lot of church. It was still paying tithes, even though I had wiped out a big portion of our savings. Um, he ended up being unemployed for six months which is a long time because you've done something for 20 something years, companies kind of don't want to take a chance when you've been doing something for 20 something years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, for six months, I was holding it down in every way and still being a mom and still trying to support him and, and, and seeing this person defeated and still trying to pray and keep our household together when, when I want to fall apart in the inside, but we can't have two people falling apart. Right. We can't that it's not going to work. One of us is going to have to just stay strong. Um, so for six months, that that's how it was. We we just we we prayed, we prayed and prayed and cried and cried and cried, and then um, um, our savings was completely empty. Mm. Yeah, that's what your story is about, right? So yeah, yeah. With you, the savings was completely empty. That has never happened, and. Um, I, I did not know what to do. I had no idea what to do, but I knew I had this business and I knew that that's something that could not be taken from me. So it made me push harder than I've ever pushed. It's almost like you're, you're working so hard because you, you have to feed your family and it's, it's that type of drive. Mm -hmm. And I've never had to have that type of drive. So I'm grateful that happened because it pushed me past my limit yeah and and I, I would definitely say I always tell people no matter how successful you are and it may not be financial for everybody mm -hmm. but life will happen yep um yep. and at some point you it'll it'll happen for you though like you said <laughs> because like you said you know it pushed you and you're thankful for it you don't want to go through it again but no. <laughs> not at all. But you're thankful for it because it will push you to readjust, readjust your life. But where I know your faith is a very, very big part of your strength and you rely on that quite a bit. But outside of that, where do you get your strength from? Um, experience. My grandmother, my grandmother for sure. My grandmother was a strong person. Um, she's in heaven. Um, but most, yeah, my grandmother. That, that's 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 definitely the, the the biggest answer for me outside of God because she um she was a woman that that did not let anything in any circumstance that happened to her life. She she just didn't just allow it to take over her. Mm -hmm. She was that type of person. Even when she was diagnosed with lung cancer, she um, still got up, still got dressed, still still wanted makeup on, still wanted to show up at everybody's party, everybody's event. Never was a woman that just laid in bed and cried. Never. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where it comes from. I mean, yeah, it, it comes from seeing someone like that, that pushed all the way to the to the final days. So, yes. um so that's where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. My, I don't want to feel sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom is that person for me. So yeah. I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh, but what have, what has been in terms of everything that you've been through and everything that you've grown through, um, what has been the most effective creative work that you've done <clears throat> that has confirmed that, you know, the industry is where you're meant to be. 
where you're like, okay, I've made it through this. I am one badass, and <laughs> I know, know that this is this is where I'm meant to be. What, was know, there a moment, or has it been a, a, an accumulation of everything you've grown through? I, I looked and thought about this question, and it was so <laughs> funny that you said that because, um, and I and I got to be honest with you, I still don't feel that yet. Really, I, I, I looked at it over and over and thought of it over and over, and I'm honestly, um, I, I'm very grateful to to have the the studio. I'm very grateful to um, to have the makeup line, to do hair, to 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 try to be an inspiration to every woman that's in my chair. Um, but I still don't feel that um, I have arrived moment yet. I still don't. I, I, there's something that's missing. It's a missing piece. And I'm not sure what that missing piece is. I'm sure it'll all connect. And I know it will be beauty. I just don't know what the missing piece is yet. But it's, it's not just that. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, and it, it, it truly is about the, about the journey. Yep. You know what I mean? It like, it really, it truly is. Um, it's it's uh, one of my, in the, in the next, <laughs> the actual next question kind of goes into that is do you feel like you're living your purpose but one of my other alchemy influencers um Juanita Mama Fortune uh-huh. as I call her uh-huh. um she rephrased it a little bit for me which I still have yet to change it but I really should <laughs> do you feel like you're on the journey in your purpose because yes. it it's definitely to say do you know your purpose can be a bit overwhelming Mm-hmm. And it could be a little bit daunting and, and kind of scary for some people, but to know that you're on the journey in your purpose or towards your purpose is a little bit more like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I definitely feel like I'm on, um, on the journey um, towards my purpose. I do have an idea of exactly what my purposes are. I do believe I'm one of those people that was um, created for more than one purpose. Um, I, I feel like most creative people I know somehow are, are here for more than one purpose. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it's, I think it's because there's so many things and so many parts of us that come out because we are creative natures. I, I, I really do believe that. Um, I, I do know and feel very strong what my purposes are, but I don't feel the arrive moment because I don't feel that they connected all the way yet. I know that there's um there there's something that will happen and it will be wow, okay. And and the reason I say that is you can look at um you uh, for example, just just throwing it out there, Beyonce. So when you see her on stage, you can totally see her living her purpose literally you Uh you you can see it you can see it in the way how professional she is how perfectionist she is how how she's just turned into somebody completely different Mm -hmm. on that stage Mm -hmm. and um it's almost like nobody's perfect but you're like trying to find a flaw on stage (laughs) And and you're like wow like michael jackson was the same way as far as performing wise so i feel like that's that's a huge gift when you see that or Oprah. Uh, I mean, there's so many women that I can think of and men that 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 I look at and I'm like, wow, that's their arrived moment. I don't feel that because um, I got to be honest. I love doing hair. I love doing makeup. But that that is it's not that feeling yet. Yeah, not that feeling. I don't know what it's going to be and how it's going to connect. Maybe it will be happening when I own a salon. I do want to own my own building one day, um, but I'm not sure when it's going to happen. I have no idea, but 
it, it, it's that type of level of, um, of consistency that I feel like has to happen when it's an aha moment. And, and, and I don't have that. There are days when I go into the studio and um, I'm not 110 percent. Yeah, I love it, but I'm not 110 percent. There are moments where I post things and and I'm, I'm doubting it a little bit or excited about it. I'm back and forth, but mm-hmm. it's not consistent. And to me, that consistency will let me know it's that aha moment. And what what's so funny is that, and I know this because we are so much alike, um, <laughs> that we are much harder on ourselves, and, and we're always seeking to do more. Yep, uh, we do the most that most people won't want to do. Right. Um. So if this is me talking to me, which is me talking to you, uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I know that you are extremely talented, and I know that you do really, really great work, but just never, ever look past that. Like give yourself a moment to be okay and feel that and, and give yourself the props that you deserve for it. Cause I know sometimes we can be like, ah, oh, well, it's not quite where I want it to be. So therefore it's not good enough. And I'm just going to keep it moving. Right. Um, where sometimes we really do have to look at our, our work and ourselves and say, you know what? I did that. Right. <laughs> like, no, you're right. And and just, you know, give yourself the props. And, you know, because I know that you are really awesome at what you do. And I just don't ever want you to keep striving, keep striving, keep striving and never take the time, as they say, to smell the roses or, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor, so to speak. So uh, thank you. You're awesome. Also, you know, it's it's one of those things that in, in life, I just feel like it's it's it's. I try to do great and do good at whatever I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but but I'm excited for the aha moment, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I really am. Yeah, there, no, I, there, I agree. There's that moment, and, and I, I remember talking to somebody, and they told me that their aha moment was the moment that they dived into something that was connected to what they did, and they were like, oh, my God, that's it. And it was connected. Yeah. And it was connected. And this this podcast is a part of that aha for me. Um, it, See? It, exactly. It is very connected. Exactly. Um, and it's it's effortless. I I it's a level of joy that I get for doing yep. this. Yeah. Um, you know, sharing everyone's story to help uplift other women because I feel like a lot of the times we don't get to share the real raw conversations and I feel like those need to happen because we're living in a world of you have to be super perfect exactly in order to get to where you're trying to get to like no there are a lot of stumbles a lot of falls and in some of most of the things that you've shared with us through this conversation displays exactly that exactly Um, so this is a part one of my ahas but much like Mm -hmm. you I still don't feel like I'm there yet (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> still don't feel like I'm there. I still feel like I'm striving. But thank you so much um, for sharing your story and sharing those vulnerable moments and opening up um, about your family life to, you know, to this audience. I really appreciate that. Um, if anyone wanted to contact you to either purchase makeup or get their hair done in in the Michigan area or fly you out to wherever, because I'm a, I'm gonna say that that's a possibility too. <laughs> um, where can they reach you? 
Um, it would be D48 Beauty on Instagram or D48 Beauty on Facebook. And that is spelled D-P-O-R-T-I-E-R and then Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y. And I'll make sure that I'll put the description at the bottom of, of the podcast to make sure that people will have a way to contact you and also to follow you on social media. But um, thank you again for taking the time to share your story. I really, really appreciate it. it, it, it it's quite the encouragement I needed at the moment. <laughs> well, my pleasure. But I will say this before leaving, um, how amazing you are. And I, I can feel that this is an aha moment for you. And that's what I was ex- trying to say. Because um, you do this effortlessly. And when that happens, that's when you know. And it's so weird because the first question that you ask and then the second one, I'm like, uh-oh, she's in her, <laughs> she's in her element. <laughs> and and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother level and and that's what I was saying. You have people that are great makeup artists and great hairstylists in this industry, but there's an aha moment for everybody, and that is what I believe that we're all living here for is to get to that aha moment, and that's when we understand everything was connected all along. Everything was, and God had it all figured out, but we were just trying to figure it out. <laughs> I said, okay. Well, Alpha B Chic family, that says it all. You all know how I am about, you know, my spiritual journeys and all of that good stuff. So if you guys have heard Selena's story and you know of at least five women that need to hear it, especially if they are in the world of entrepreneurship, please make sure you share this episode with them so that they can know that the journey isn't always going to be pretty (laughs) and that there will be many, many things (laughs) to grow through. Please make sure you share this story. Um, As always, we are ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Keep loving on yourselves, ladies. Until next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.